Hi, I'm Carl Payton, pastor of Transformation Church RVA. I wanted to take a moment and thank you for checking out this sermon. I also wanted to bring to your attention something that is close to our hearts here. While our team has prayed that this message would stir within you a desire to know more about Jesus and be more like Him, our desire is that it would only be supplemental to your faith journey and not replace the church and faith community God has called you to be a part of locally. With that said, engage with us over the next 30 to 40 minutes as we dig into the Word of God proclaimed. If you will, turn in your Bibles this morning, Psalms chapter 1. Psalms chapter 1. We're kicking off, um, and if if you haven't brought a Bible with you, you can look it up on your phone, your tablet, electronic device. But if, if you want to flip through the pages and look up where we're going to be at, there's a Bible in the pew in front of you. Uh, you can grab that. Uh, if you don't have a Bible at home, that's our gift to you. We want you to have that. We want you to know that what we're preaching, what, what comes from this pulpit is not Carl's soapbox, but the, the authoritative and inerrant word of God. Um, that's what we preach here. And um, so in Psalms 1... Uh, we're going to read all six verses. Uh, we just came out of a series around prayer and, and, and starting our year off with prayer. Uh, and I hope that you have, in your life, been praying more, talking to God more, because I can't tell you how important it is Trying to have a relationship with anyone without communication is uh, relationship suicide. It is. Um, and so God wants to hear from you. That's what we talked about last month. God wants to hear from you. And, and let me tell you something. Luke did an incredible job last week uh, bringing the word to us. Would you give God thanks for Luke today? Um, just a, a phenomenal word. Um, on how we can um, see the sinfulness in us and reach out to Christ for the answer. I mean, that's, that's, that's where all of us are. And so Psalms chapter 1, we're going to read it right out front here. Uh, Psalms chapter 1, six verses, so it's not very long, um, starting in verse 1. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers, but they delight, everybody say delight, in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do, but not the wicked. They are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly, for the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. Will you pray with me? Father, thank you for your word. Uh, I ask, Lord, that you would, within us, through your word, change us, transform us, 
into your image. And as we walk through the Psalms, God, I, I just pray that um, at the end of this, we would be drawing nearer to you because I know in your presence there is fullness of joy. And we give you praise for that in, in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. So I have three objectives today. I got three objectives. That's it. Um, number one, I want to explain the series we're kicking off today. Um, I kind of just want to break down what we're going to be talking through the next six weeks. Um, number two, I kind of want to just probe at Psalms chapter one, Psalm one, the very first Psalm. I just want to pick through it a little bit and 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 tell you kind of how it sets the tone for the rest of the six weeks. And then lastly, I want to illustrate how Psalms points us to Jesus. This whole book points us to Jesus. You know that? Um, it's not like the Old Testament is, is disconnected and separate from the New Testament. It is 66 books written by over 40 different authors about one message that Christ came to redeem the lost. Over thousands of years, this book was written with one singular message. It's miraculous. And so Psalms, um, there, there are three reasons I want to kind of walk through Psalms. We're going to walk through uh, uh, a couple Psalms throughout the next six weeks to talk about um, the series we're kicking off today, Faith and feelings. Now, some of us, feelings make us very uncomfortable. So you're already kind of fidgeting in your seat, especially men. Men have a terrible time dealing with emotions. We're really good at anger. Um, we're really good at uh, some, some emotions, but other emotions we're not. Now, um, some females are that way, but most of the women in, in my life feel very strongly. Um, Especially at my house lately. I've got three women at my house now. And they all let me know. Um, especially McKinley. Um, over the last couple days, there's been one um, uniform fact about McKinley. Um, outside of her chubby cheeks would be the strength of her lungs. Um, she is going to be very, very um, boisterous and loud as she grows older. Um, and so she feels everything kind of really strongly right now. And the Psalms are designed to help us deal with what we think about God and how that relates to how we feel. Um, because... And I think some of you might be able to understand this. Sometimes what we know about God and how we feel are vastly different. Um, sometimes the God that we hear preached on Sundays doesn't necessarily match how we feel today in our current lives. Or depending on the season you're walking through. It, it, sometimes they just don't seem to line up. Psalms helps us bring that in. So just a couple things right up front here. Just kind of Psalms at a glance. Um, the Psalms are meant to be instructive about God and man and life. They're meant to be instructive about God, man, and life. And if you want to follow along, there's a little fill-in right in your bulletin. You can, you can follow along. Um, 
chapter 1, this very first psalm, sets the tone for the whole book. Okay, the book of Psalms is 150 chapters. Have you ever read a 150-chapter book? So you haven't read through Psalms? Oh, now everybody's feeling guilty. They're like, no, I probably have, Pastor. I mean, I did that Bible in a year thing. Um, but yeah, so it's 150 chapters, and, and what most don't know is there's five separate books in there. Uh, you'll see uh, w- chapters 1 through 41, then you'll see a little break. You'll see um, chapters 42 through 73, and then there's a break, uh, 74 through 90, and then 91 through 107, and then 107 through 150. Um, there are five separate books of Psalms in this one book. Uh, that we read um, together. And some of us, uh, if you've ever read Psalms, it's written by different writers, but if you've ever read the Psalms from David, David comes across as like the most bipolar dude on the face of the earth. He will go from one chapter and declaring how good God is and how close God is. And then the very next moment, he'll turn around and say, God, where did you go? Do you hate me? What are you doing with my life? Have, have you been there? Have you ever been there where things are really good and then things aren't good? Well, maybe everything's been good for you. But they, I can tell you personally, I'll just talk from Carl for a second. I've been there where I've said, hey, and I've, I grew up in church just like BG. I grew up in church. Then there were times in my life that what I heard taught to me at church just didn't match how I felt. Just didn't, didn't match. But Psalms 1 kind of sets a tone. Five books and... and um, those five books, the very it's meant to replicate the reason we believe it's supposed to be instructive. It's not just joy reading, okay? It's not just like good uplifting stuff that you should just read to, to make you feel better, but it's instructive. It's meant to instruct. Many people pass by the Psalms and go straight to the New Testament for all their instruction. No, there's instruction here in Psalms for us. And, and the reason I know that is because they break it out into five books in Psalms to kind of replicate, mimic the first five books of the Bible. We call that the Pentateuch. Everybody say Pentateuch. Penta means five. Tuch means books. Five books. It's the five books that Moses wrote. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Okay, so right from the get-go, they set up Psalms to be instructive. And when we read it collectly, correctly, we should learn from them. Now, secondly, the Psalms are songs and poems. How I many of you like music? Yeah, I love music listen to music all day long. And depending on the mood I'm in will depend on what I listen to. Right? If I'm, if I'm driving in my diesel pickup truck, which I haven't been doing recently because it's, it's like a three-quarter ton paperweight currently. So if you know any diesel mechanics... Um, but if I'm driving in my, 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 uh, my diesel truck and I'm landscaping, I'm, I'm working hard, I'm listening to, I might listen to some country music. And Oh, look, look, every, everybody in here is like, Pastor, you listen to country music? 
Um, yeah, I listen to some country music. I don't listen to all music, um, and it's not my mainstream, but there are times I turn on a little country, turn on a little bluegrass. Yeah, yeah. If I'm just feeling, you know, I want to be happy. If I want to be happy, I listen to bluegrass music. If I'm feeling like God is not near to me, I listen to worship music. Sometimes when I need encouragement, I'll listen to worship music. I listen to a lot of worship music. And I listen to the whole gamut from CCM, contemporary Christian music, all the way to southern gospel music. Yeah. Listen to it all. Now, what does music do? It is meant to stir our emotions. Specifically country music. Now, not all, all music stirs us to some level, um, but, but music is meant to stir our emotions. They're meant to move us, not just inform us. So I, I, I don't want you to miss that it's not just instruction, but it's instruction that is to move us from one point to the next. Um, and look, you can find yourself, and some of you might say, I'm not an emotional person. And I'm not either. And I haven't been a great, great example of that this morning. But I'm not typically a very emotional guy. Um, I get emotional um, around my family. I get emotional about my family. I, but, but most often, I get emotional about the Lord. Um, I get emotional because I realize what he has done in my life. Look, you don't know. You don't know. You weren't with me and my wife for five years while we were watching child after child leave us before they were even born. You weren't with us. You didn't see it. You didn't see the pain. You didn't see the heartache. You also weren't in the, the room on Tuesday when I witnessed the miracle come out of my, my wife's stomach, which was wild to watch. Let me tell you something. You think medical shows are cool on TV? You should watch this junk in, in person. It's crazy. I get emotional when I think about the Lord and all he has done for me. There's a song about it. It's an old song. Uh, it's a, now old, not song, like him old, but like uh, it says, when I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, how he filled me with the Holy Ghost, how he healed me to the uttermost. When I think about the Lord, how he picked me up, he turned me around, he set my feet on solid ground, and then the chorus comes in. It makes me want to shout, <laughs> hallelujah, glory, glory. For all he has done. Yeah, I get emotional. And for those who say, well, I don't get emotional. Let me, I, think, I think you might be able to find yourself in the Psalms. Um, let me just take you through 24 examples. Some of y'all's eyes just went. It's only going to take a couple minutes. Hold on. Loneliness. Psalms 25, 16. I am lonely and afflicted. Love. I love you, O Lord, my strength, Psalms 18.1. How about all? Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. 
Psalms 33, 8. Sorrow. My life is spent with sorrow. Psalms 31, 10. How about regret? You ever feel regret? I am sorry for my sins. Psalms 38, 18. What about contrition? A broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. Psalms 51, 17. Have you ever felt discouraged? This might be you. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Psalms 42, 5. Shame. Shame has covered my face. Psalm 44. Exaltation. In your salvation, how greatly he exalts. Psalm 21. Here's some marveling. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Psalms 118. Here's some delight. His delight is in the law of the Lord. That's what we just read in Psalms chapter 1. How about joy? You want some joy? Here's joy for you. You have put more joy in my heart than they have with their grain and wine abound. Where it abounds. Psalms 4, 7. Gladness. I will be glad and exalt you. Psalms 9. Fear. Serve the Lord with fear. Psalms 2. Anger. Be angry and do not sin. How many of you are capable of that? Psalms 4. Peace. In peace I will both lie down and sleep. Psalms 4.8. Grief. My eyes waste away because of grief. Psalm 6. Desire. O Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. Psalms 10. Psalms 33 gives us some hope. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. Here's one for the brokenhearted. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Gratitude. I will thank you in the great congregation. Psalm 35. Pain. I am afflicted and in pain. Confidence. Though war arise against me, yet will I be confident. Psalm 27. Listen, if you walk through the Psalms, you will find yourself. And what you will find is some instruction about God and how it should shape how we feel. Okay? So what we're talking about today and the title of this message is Fixed Mind, Shaped Heart. Because our mind, and what Psalms 1 is going to teach us, is that our mind should be fixed on his word, and it will shape how we feel. It's, and, and let me tell you something. Depending on what your mind is fixed on will shape how you feel, whether it's God or something else. So I would ask you, where is your mind fixed today? So you'll find yourself in the Psalms. It's designed to shape us. When the Psalms open, um, it's the mouth of God, which is point number three. The Psalms are inspired by God. So when the Psalms speak, it is God speaking to you. And it's not just true in Psalms. It's a, true across the book, the whole thing. That when you read this, this is God's mouth to you. And how do we know this? I, what I would go to is Jesus. 
That's who we're following, right? That's who, that's who we're going after. Jesus was an avid quoter of Psalms. Specifically 110. Jesus quoted Psalm 10, 110 a lot. So why this series? Why are we doing it right now? First, it's February. It's love month, right? Valentine's Day. You getting ready? Husbands, boyfriends, get ready to treat your ladies. For those uh, uh, who, who don't have your loved one. It's still a love month, and, and you're going to be faced with it either way. So whether you have someone to love this Valentine season or not, um, it's going to be around you. Uh, and if, it was around us two months ago in Walmart. They start putting up uh, those uh, heart-shaped boxes of candy right next to, like, garland on sale, 50% off. <laughs> they don't want to miss a beat. So you're going to be faced with it. So it's February. It's love month. And so I thought about preaching a series on relationships, but I think the broader picture here is more about how you feel. Because listen, relationships are going to come and go. Is that okay to say? Relationships are going to come and go. I've got friends that I wish I had relationship with currently. They're just not around. This goes for family and friends. This goes for marriages. 50% of marriages end in divorce, right? So relationships come and go. But the word of God is forever. Feelings last beyond relationships and marriage and friendships. The feelings are still there. And so I wanted in February, a month where it's really all about relationships, to focus on the feelings that are there when relationships aren't. To instruct us in that. And after having this baby, you know... When you're new in Christ, okay, so, so you're just trying to figure this Jesus thing out, um, and we're all still figuring it out, right? You realize you haven't made it. Um, none of us in this room have. If that's news to you, meet me afterwards. I'll explain it. Um, but he's still working on you, and um, McKinley, as I said earlier, feels everything, right? And she feels it out loud. So if she feels something, the only way she can tell you is by just screaming at the top of her lungs. Um, and there's some exterior things, like, she'll, like you have to watch. If you're holding her and she gets hungry, she will put five to your chin. She will take and she'll just, she'll just smack you. Okay, this is the only way because her hands go to moving. She kicks those legs up and down. Um, but as she matures... My job as her parent is to shape, to teach her, to instruct her so she knows how to shape, form, and build those feelings, like how to handle those feelings. Um, and so I, I, I think the Psalms are going to help us grow. I think they're going to help us shape how we feel. And I also wanted to bring our emotions into alignment with the truth. Okay? Um, 
we live in a society where it's all about my truth. And Luke, you preached on this last week. You know, it's all about my truth. And, and that is so shifting. So shifting. Like, uh, if I could give you like a, a public service announcement this morning, I would tell you, and the Bible would tell you, that you are your own worst enemy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Satan takes advantage of that. That's why the Bible says he's like a, a roaring lion out seeking who he can to devour. He's, he's on the prowl. And so what happens is because emotions are almost painted as whatever you feel is fine, um, I am not one to say you shouldn't feel. And that you're not feeling something. So I'm not going to tell you that. But I am saying that we should, as Christians, be bringing our emotions and our feelings into alignment with this and who God is. And not the other way around. Because many of us will allow our emotions to shape how we view God. That's why so many people walk away from the church when things get hard. Because our emotions begin to paint a picture of God that is not true. So instead of the truth of God defining our emotions and feelings, they define God and will walk away. Because honestly, when life gets tough, who wants to serve a God that lets life get tough, right? Oh, that's a tough crowd this morning. Um, when we read and sing the Psalms, our minds and hearts are being shaped by God. Uh, just a fun fact. Everybody say fact. The Psalms were the hymn book of the early church. So um, they didn't have words on the screen. They didn't even have your hymnal. You know your hymnal is pretty secular for the church. Because back in the early church, when they went to sing and declare, the th which is what we do in worship, we declare things about God to make what we know match what we feel. Yeah, that's what we do. And so what the early church did is they sang the Psalms. It's a song book. And so we're going to jump through some songs over the next six weeks. And I'm telling you, you do not want to miss this. We're going to talk about faith and depression. We're going to talk about faith and joy, faith and gratitude, faith and our feelings. And we're going to allow God's word to shape how we feel. Um, but very quickly, I just want to jump into Psalms 1 um, to, to kind of let it get us off on the right foot. And so I just have two, two things, two questions here from Psalms 1 that I think will help us understand Psalms 1. And the very first, first question is this, um, why does the psalmist start this way? Now listen, because we believe that the Bible is inerrant, infallible, and authoritative, I believe book one, chapter one, is here for a reason. It is here to set a certain tone. So, so let's, let's, let's see how he starts, verse one. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. Why would he start this way? 
Because it, it would sound easier um, because it, it's this way in other parts of the Bible. It would be easier just to say, hey, don't do that. Don't be a sinner. Don't be a mocker. Right? It, it would make more sense just to get to the point, tell me what I'm supposed to do and what I'm not to do. How many of you are like that? Like, uh, you just want to be, just tell me what to do. Don't beat around the bush. Just, if you want the trash taken out, don't make a comment about how the trash lid is sitting up and, I'm sorry. Hey, that's good preaching. I know, I know. You'll wake up. You'll get there. Ian, you might need to edit that out of the preaching so my wife doesn't hear it. Why does he start this way? Wouldn't it be easier to just say, don't do that? No. Because, and I'll, I'll tell, you, tell you why I think that. I'll tell you what I think is going on here. He's not trying to get us to see evil versus righteousness. Wickedness versus righteousness. He's not trying to play off here because his very next thing is delight in law of the Lord. So, so what is he trying to say? He is trying to contrast what it means to be influenced one way. Versus being influenced another way. So listen, it, yes, you shouldn't be a mocker. Yes, you shouldn't be a sinner. Yes, you shouldn't be around, uh, you shouldn't be wicked. But what's more dangerous? What, what, what gets us to that point? Being around it. Being influenced by it. Um, what the psalmist is saying here and trying to get at is that influences are important. Influences are important. And, and a lot of us uh, try to like negotiate with God on this a little bit and just say, you know, we're supposed to be, you know, in the world, brother. You know, we, we're supposed to reach folks. And, and which is true. This is true. Christ was among uh, the least of these. You know, he was among uh, some pretty terrible people. But that's not where he spent most of his time. You know where he spent most of his time? With his disciples. Right? So he had an outreach into these different communities and places that most people wouldn't go. But most of the time, he was around the disciples. And... Um, not for their influence on him, but his influence on them. Um, influences, there are many. You realize that. You realize that there are many influences all around you. Um, what you watch, what you listen to, right? Right? That's why some music I won't listen to. Yes, I love country music. I love bluegrass. Matter of fact, I love just about anything. I'll listen to, I, I used to listen to some screaming music. When I was in uh, college, I, if y'all don't know what that is, it's basically a lot of bass pedal and a lot of, like a mic really close to the mouth and it sounds like a velociraptor um, trying to speak. Uh, most of you won't go home and listen to that and that's fine. Um, but uh, I've listened to it all. I've listened to it all. But there are some things... I have stopped listening to, and I'll tell you why. It was influencing me. It was influencing me. There are people I no longer have in my life because they were influencing me. And look, we weren't going out murdering folks. 
and, 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 and doing drugs. You know what they were doing? They were putting my, they, they would talk about, they, they would complain about their wives and try and draw me in to complain about mine. I had to stop hanging out with them. I can't hang around. I can't, look, it, if you're married, so, so it's marriage, it, it's, it's, it's that much, you know. Um, if you've been married any amount of time or have been married or any of that, you understand it's not hard to find something to complain about. No. It's okay to say. You're in a safe place. And look, do not look next to you. If your wife, if your spouse is in the room, do not look next to you. I don't want my list filling up with marriage counseling this week because you decided to be the Holy Spirit to your spouse today. So it's not hard. But I had to stop hanging out with them. They would, they would ask me to drive towards um, drinking or some other form when, when it, you know what, they, I would say, hey, man, I've had a stressful day. And instead of pointing to Jesus, they would say, why don't you come over and have a drink? Right? This is what they would say. I had to remove certain influences. Because they had me running to the bottle, to complaining, to all different types of things. And so understand, yes, these things are bad, but what leads us there is influences. What he is warning against in verse 1, oh, the joys of who do not follow, stand, join in. Because you've got to control, you have got to put yourself around the right influences. And so he flips right over in verse 2 and says, But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. So what's the answer to bad influences? Getting in his word. Getting in his word. At a church several years ago, I, um, I did a poll. I did a poll to see how many people read their Bibles and how often. So, so they had different selections and things they could select. Um, and um, I was depressed. I almost quit. I was like, you know, I'm not going to do church work anymore. They would be like, yeah, I read a couple minutes, maybe every other day or like once a week. Now, look, I'm not guilt tripping you here, but listen, no wonder your faith is struggling so bad when you take no time to pray or read his word. Oh, pastor, I don't see God moving in my life, but you won't read his word. You won't talk to him for longer than five minutes without pulling out your phone. So, so listen, it is important for you to understand that, yes, God is powerful and good and he has plans for your life, but listen to me. spend all your time around folks who don't care about the Lord or, or you're running to the television or you're running to Facebook or you're running to the bottle or you're running anywhere but to the Jesus we're talking about today, you're running the wrong direction. And look, I've run those directions and they always come up empty. They always come up empty. And then why does verse 3 read that way? They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. 
So you would think that he would say, okay, here's what you shouldn't be doing. Here's what you should do, right? And so he tells us to meditate in his word. Um, but then you would think he would list a bunch of things we should do. But he doesn't. He tells us something. He gives us a depiction of what, it likes, what it's like when you run to the right influence. When you run to his word. You'll be like a tree planted along the riverbank. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish this outline real quick for those, and then, and then I'm going to close. But um, There are two things that delighting in God creates. Two things. Changed attitudes and behaviors. So when you delight in God, you delight in his word, what you can expect is a changed attitude and behavior. So, so it's not the other way. It's not the other way. So if you come this morning and you're like, okay, pastor, tell me how I can white knuckle and do the things I need to do to get this Christian thing going, to, to, to really live the Christian life. Tell me what I need to do. And, and the only thing I would steer you towards is to run to his word. And I'll tell you why. Because you can try to white knuckle and, and rodeo your sin and control it but the only thing that will change you the problem is less the behavior the problem is your heart you have a wicked heart and you need Jesus you need Jesus to come in and fill it and so when we read the truth of his word this is what happens he changes us not from the outside in but the inside out all of a sudden, I have a new heart. I have uh, the Holy Spirit living inside of me. So now it's not so hard to put sin to death in my life. It's not so hard anymore. It's not so hard. The other thing delighting in God creates is an arena to fight spiritual battles. Verse 6. Just read this with me. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. And I can't put it any plainer than this. But when you delight in God's word, you can go to battle with your emotions and your feelings and correct them. You'd correct them by soaking your heart in his word. Delighting in it. Meditating on it. Some of us have said, would say to me this morning that, you know what, Carl, I haven't had a great experience in church. I've never felt God at work in my life. Um, I would steer you right towards Psalms, really, because Psalms is going to help you handle these emotions and feelings. They're going to steer you towards the God that we, we love. Come back next week and, and I'll tell you how the Psalms drive us towards Jesus and how the gospel should be our ultimate delight. The main thing I need you to hear and understand this morning. Everybody say the main thing. And we're about to take communion, so if I can have my leaders come forward. Um, the main thing I need you to leave here with today is there are many things you can run to and delight in. They will all fall flat except for God. They'll all fall flat. They will leave you wanting more. They will not fix anything. They, they will leave you running flat. 
the bottle empties, the anger subsides, the pain comes and goes. But let me tell you something, God never fails. Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA, located in Richmond, Virginia. For more information, check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.